0: The power of maya to bewilder is, 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 in itself, just amazing. We see it every day happening to us. My minds and senses say, do that. My intelligence may say, eh, not a good idea, but I do it anyway. Then I say, I'll never do that again. Hmm? <laughs> and how long does it take before I'm doing it again? And I know, even, even materially speaking, it's not in my interest. Still, we do it. We have to, if we are to advance in spiritual life, we really have to understand how bad of a predicament we are in. This is really the beginning here. If you, if you are addicted to drugs and you want to give up, you really have to understand you've got a problem. And it's a lot bigger than you've been making out <laughs> hmm? all this time. Oh, no, it's not such a big thing. I'll get over it. If I wanted to stop, I could. Hmm? No, if we have to advance in spiritual life, really, we have to bottom out here and understand I really I need help. They say this about us, you know those religious people oh that 's just a crutch it 's okay if you need it hmm? then you can take up you know identify with a path and a religious group, a spiritual group if you need it it's okay i don 't mind it's good for you if you need it. this is the It's a weak position. No, no, it's a strong position. The difference between you, sir, and me is that you still don't think you need it. You think you're all right. But let us analyze, (coughs) as we're doing tonight. Do you ever do this? Do you ever think, I want to do that, but know it's not good for you and do it anyway? Do you ever do it? Do you ever not do it? (laughs) Hmm? So, you see, see, we have to be a little honest with ourselves if we didn't make spiritual advancement. Another name for it, Bhakta, devotee, is satam, who's honest. This is essential. And what happens then? When you admit your weakness and you really understand it, you're in such a strong position. Now you're in a strong position. And and if if you understand your weakness, you admit it. And you understand what Krishna is saying here, such a strong person. You become such a strong position yourself. I take shelter of that person in spite of my position. So material nature is a, is extraordinary. Great power to delude. Fascinating in every respect. Now, I want to speak of this Maya. he's talking about here. He's introducing another Shakti of himself. His internal Shakti. By which he says, I make appearances in this world that appear like births but they're not. Because my appearance in this world doesn't put me under the uh, uh, influence of, of karma. When I act in this world, there's no reaction that binds me. If we understand this Atma Maya, the Swarup Shakti of Krishna, I'm trying to give some comparison. How fascinating is material nature? Just to give us some idea then what must be this internal shakti that governs the affairs of Krishna? The shakti of Krishna that governs our affairs, this maya-shakti, which keeps us going round and round and round and round, birth after birth after birth, bewildered. It's very powerful, very extraordinary. Look what it's doing to us. And we are a unit of consciousness. We're completely, actually, independent of it, bewildered by it. Like... Like, it depends upon you to turn on the TV. I've used this example before, in order for the TV to work. Right? If you don't turn it on, it doesn't work. But you can turn it on, and although you give it life by turning it on, it can take over your life. Hmm? It happens to people. They call them couch potatoes. Hmm? They have no life. This is our predicament. We have no life of our own. We're in a karmic uh, kind of bind here. It's just like in the um, financial world. Uh, If you max out your credit cards, then you work only to pay the bills. You have no life. You've spent, you've got for the spending, and the things you got, you don't want them anymore. (laughs) But you still owe the bills. Hmm? So now you're working just to pay the bills. You have no life. This is a problem. Our karmic uh, implication is like that. And we, and we have no life, no real life. So some intervention is required. It's like if you max out and you can go to the court and declare bankruptcy, come under the shelter of the, of, the, of the court, and then they give you some life. Okay, you only have to pay so much and, and you can have a life. You can go to the movies now, spend a little here, go to, go to Agni's restaurant, Govinda's, and take the night off. You can have a life. Something has to be paid down, but in a regulated way. So intervention means to come under the guidance of a sadhu, a saint. That's what it means. Then we can have a life. In a karmic implication we can be extracted from that mm-hmm. in a systematic way, step by step. We cannot go on our own. That is my experience. That is not possible. But interestingly enough, such a person, a guide, teaches us how to be what we are, to stand on our own two feet. So if Maya Shakti has such power, it's so extraordinary, bewilderous as it has, among other things. What must be the power then of this Atma Maya? So here he's introducing this, Atma Maya. He says, and by this I appear in the world, and I do it... In so many different avatars. And Arjun, you are with me in all those avatars. You are my parshada. Hmm? You are my eternal associate, actually. You're also taking birth with me. Yeah, you don't remember them because I'm not allowing you to remember at this time so that I can speak Bhagavad Gita through you to everyone else. So I'm, I take birth, but I'm birthless. Sometimes my Guru Maharaj used to give the example if a warden comes in the prison, if the, if the governor goes inside the prison, and he's also behind bars, there's only one small difference between him and the prisoners. He's got the key. He can go out any time he wants. Hmm? He doesn't have to break any bricks when he's in there. He's moving in and amongst them, they can say, oh, wh- what cell are you in? He can just laugh at them, oh, I'm not in any cell. They look like I'm in a cell. I'm in all cells, I'm in no cells. I'm in every one of your cells. I have the key to all of them and I'm in none of them. See my mystic power. (laughs) (laughs) This is how Krishna speaks in Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) It's a nice example. And this is orchestrated by his Atma Maya, his Swarup Shakti. This Shakti, this power, governs his Leela. There's a difference between Leela and Karma. Both are movement, but they're very different. Karma is movement like a man in quicksand. The more he moves, the more he goes down. And, and Leela is like walking on water. Mm-hmm. That is the difference. Both moving, but very different at the same time. So Krishna's movement is not like the karmic implication, our movement in this world. We're moving. How? Because we've identified with the body... The body has needs. Therefore, by way of identifying with it, we have needs. So to meet those needs, we have to go out and collect and take. We are on the take. We call it uh, exploitation. We have to exploit the material world for the satisfaction of our senses and our minds because they demand that. And as much as we are involved in that, there's a price for that because the world is not there for us to just do as with as we please everything has a purpose it has a purpose in God's plan and that is different than the, than the, the plan that's born in our mind what we think we should do and how we think the world should look and be used and, and so forth do you know how small that is any idea born in the mind is a very small thing will material nature will the world agree with that no is the answer. There was some reaction, some revolt to that. You can move in that way, but it will not be without a price. This kind of movement is under the influence of karma. Krishna's movement is different. Leela is a movement. It is said that if you, if, you, if you have no desire, means if you're full, then why move? And it's true in a sense. But there's another kind of movement for those who are full and complete. And that is a celebration of the fullness. That is the nature of Leela. So Krishna's celebrating his fullness, dancing. And it overflows into this world. And that we call Leela. We get a glimpse of that. And it's governed by this Atma Maya, this internal power, Shakti. Not by the, maha, ma- by the external power hmm, that governs our activities. So he's here, but not here. He's amongst us, but not amongst us. He can be so amongst us in his descent as the avatar that we cannot even recognize him. But if we follow what he's teaching here, then we can see him, and then we can get eyes to see. So Arjuna wonders, okay, so fine. You appear in the world by your own power, which is different than the power by which other people are forced to take birth in this world. You come of your own pleasing, for your own purposes, for your own fun, out of joy. Actually, he hasn't told why he comes, he just says he comes. So Arjuna's wondering, well, why do you come? So then Krishna answers here in two verses. He says, famous verses, Yada, yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata tadatmanam paritvanaya sadhunam vinashaya chaduskritam dharma samstapanataya sambhavami He says, okay, I, here's why I come. I come to establish dharma. I come to establish right livelihood by which people can understand me and be free from material existence. That's why I come. And whenever this dharma is on the wane, and this dharma here means suddha-bhakti, pure devotion, then I come to give energy to that. And and in the course of doing that, there's two other things that happen. Those who are inimical to me, I do away with them. And those who are my devotees, I, I give them my shelter. So there's two things... Really being discussed here in the context of coming to the world, Krishna is dealing with those who are inimical and dealing with those who are favorable. These are two sides of this is the abhutara coming from up to down, crossing. He comes from up to down to deal with the inimical side, but that is really a byproduct of dealing with his devotees. He takes the trouble to cross, if you will, from up to down because he has devotees in his side. In this world there are perpetually sadhakas, meaning spiritual practitioners, perpetually. The avatar actually comes from, for them. Avatar, as I said, means a crossing, tarati means to cross and it's found, the root, the verbal root is found in avatara, tarati, ava, from up to down, tarati, crossing. And what is the devotee called? Tirta kurvanti tirthani It is said, if you go to a holy place but you didn't hear from a holy man or woman, you didn't really go there. That's what it's all about. That's what makes the place holy. That means devotee, he's a tirtha. When Bidura told Yudhisthira Maharaj, I'm going to leave the palace compound, I want to go on Tirtha Yatra, go to holy places. Then the Raj replied to him, Why you need to go anywhere? You are Tirtha. Hmm? You are Tirtha. Because you carry the Lord in your heart wherever you go. Tirtha means to cross over also. Hmm? Same route is there. Tadati, crossing over. But it implies a ford, a crossing like of a river, uh, a a crossing from uh, from down to up. So who comes from up to down comes to nourish those who take others from down to up. Mm -hmm. Those are the devotees. He comes for them. They are in this world and they're feeling some separation from Him. Krishna can establish dharma and do things through so many different agencies, but no one can mitigate the pains of advanced devotees' separation from Him in love other than Him. He comes for them. Hmm? This is he's, he's moved by what? What is that? That is Atma Maya. You see? That is His own Shakti, His internal Shakti. That's what governs his movement. Where is that in this world? Hmm? Where is the Swarup Shakti manifest in the material world, which is under the influence of Maya Shakti? In the heart of the devotee. What is bhakti? What is that Swarup Shakti? Sudha <inaudible> Visheshatma prema suyangsu, samyabak. When swarup shakti means the manifest in the heart the knowing power and joy power if you will sambita shakti ladini shakti awakens in the heart of the devotee oh he's devotee <laughs> proper real devotee he had real feeling for Krishna and Krishna comes for him he moves under this power only. When he awakens that power in the heart of his devotee, that means through bhakti, this power awakens. Nitya siddha krishna prema kabunai. Shravanadi suddha chitte koday udai. You can't man- manufacture this. Sadhya Krishna prema nitya This thing is eternally existing. You cannot make it up. Hmm? Guru doesn't manufacture it and give it to you, it's eternally existing. It's not a product of your mind, nothing you can do. It's there in the heart. It's dormant. By bhakti it comes out. Guru gives what? Bhakti Lata Bija. He gives you the bija of the creeper of bhakti. You have no bhakti. You have potential for bhakti in your heart, but now you're not acting in, 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 in terms of that. He gives you the seed of bhakti and you plant it in your heart. Then Cultivate it. Make it grow. Then this comes out. When it comes out, then as much as you cannot bear the separation from Krishna, Krishna cannot bear separation from you. So where is Krishna? If we want to find Krishna, where will we go? We find that devotee. Who has so much pain for separation from Krishna? That is always hearing and chanting about Krishna, always making arrangements for glorifying Krishna, always preoccupied with the there is Krishna. Krishna is coming in this world only for such people who really care about him. Why should he come? People are ignoring him entirely. He comes for them. He finds such a person. He's crossed from up to down. To them, whose only business is helping us cross from down to up, by teaching about Him, His nature. So Krishna says here, "Ah, that's why I come to this world." You may wonder why, because there are some people in this world who aren't in ignorance. I'm always with them, with them. I'm not outside. I don't go outside of myself. I'm not Maram. I don't have to go outside of myself to find happiness. I'm not, I'm self satisfied. In the context of my swarup shakti, my nature, I'm satisfied. And that nature, my own nature, my awakens in the heart of my devotee. So I'm there. Find that person we found Krishna then. Look no further. and He will give so much advice how to find Krishna. Systematically, yourself. Step I means how to become a devotee. <laughs> That's what he will tell you. I will become a devotee? Janma karma evam yobeti tatvata Then he says this, Oh, if you understand about my activities and my birth in this world, as I'm explaining it, if you have faith in these things, and you pursue this understanding and you get it, you become a tatvavit. You actually understand you you act accordingly, not theoretically. When you understand, that's it. You, you, that punar janmana, punar janmana, you never take birth again in this world. Taking birth again and again and again, it will end by this. How important these verses are! These ten verses are the seed to the whole theology, expanded in six chapters, in the middle of the book. Then what does he say? He's explaining a little bit what it means to know me in truth. He says, if you understand me in truth as I'm explaining, you'll never take birth again. What does it mean? Oh, free from attachment, fear, anger... Hmm? mind absorbed in me, this is what it means to understand me. If you know him, you love him. To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. <laughs> you can be sure. <laughs> and to love him is to know him. Again, we have to change our life. He says, this is what it means, and the fact is that many persons in the past, not just now, this has happened to, there are so many examples. So it means it can happen to you too. <laughs> person is becoming a little emotional now. Externally, he, he recognizes I'm speaking about this, but there are people who don't become my devotees. What about them? So he he speaks here in consideration of them externally, but internally and emotionally, he speaks about those who, who do take shelter of him. This is where, as I mentioned earlier, it's mentioned in the Gita that there are many religions. One God, many religions. Pick whichever one you want, Krishna says, pick whatever religion you want. I'm God, people approach me differently. I reciprocate accordingly. There are many religions. You choose which one you want. It says, as people surrender to me, everyone follows me, there's only me. And as they approach me, according to the nature of their approach, then I show myself. It means some people may not be devotees of Krishna. Krishna is speaking here about devotion to himself, to his own devotee, and the virtues of that. And what is his? What is his, Clearly, his position. In so many different avatars, he's coming. He's mentioning all these things. Now, a thoughtful person might become a little interested. Well, I'm not interested in him. He's got all these avatars. He appears, and he's saying, "I'm avatari. I have so many avatars. I'm the source of all avatars. They're coming in so many shapes and forms for so many purposes, for so many devotees, I should say, in so many situations." So a thoughtful person becomes little interested in Krishna himself but not everybody and some of those people call themselves Gyanis <laughs> we find it hard to relate to Gyanis means a not thoughtful person knowledgeable Gyanis Karmis on the path of Gyan and Karma path of knowledge or action or as opposed to devotion Krishna says I here. I also reciprocate with them I give them the fruits of those pursuits what they want from that what they've gathered is the ideal I give that But the implication here is that there's more than that. And here, as I said, in this verse we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If we take this verse to its fullest, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Bhagavad Gita. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. But a very special appearance of Krishna. He's Krishna himself. He's a solution to an ontological, theological problem (laughs) in the life of God. Krishna says... As people surrender to me, then I reciprocate accordingly. So the implication here is that well what if somebody completely surrenders? Everything it means gives up all material self concern and all spiritual self concern. It's a little harder to understand that latter part, but such a thing exists. You can give up all material selfishness and still have some spiritual selfishness, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. But there are different degrees of, 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 of even giving up spiritual selfishness. Just like, for example, you may give up material selfishness and want salvation. You want to be liberated from material existence and live in knowledge eternally with a God. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, Mama Janmani, janmani ispare, Bhakti He wasn't interested in being liberated. He felt that was a kind of a spiritual selfishness. And we find in the in 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 approach to God that there are different degrees of giving up this. That's in a real basic sense, but even higher and more subtle degrees of giving up um, spiritual selfishness. So someone who has the implication here is one who has given up all even spiritual selfishness, who doesn't even want any spiritual bliss, but might, will accept the spiritual bliss if it pleases Krishna, something like that. Such kind of person. That person is exemplified in the braj in the Braj people of Krishna-lila, and particularly in the gopis and Radhika. The whole explanation of the braj Leela is, is, is in one sense for this purpose. demonstrated standard of spiritual selflessness. By which, this is the whole idea of Krishna. If you give up everything, then Krishna has to give himself completely to you. Right? If you can com- surrender everything, he says, I give accordingly. So there must be a, a, a standard of giving by which he's completely purchased. And there is. That is the Lila and particularly the, the Gupi's love for Krishna. He says, I'm, I'm paratattva, brahma, but um, Radha's love makes me mad, makes me crazy. I'm the supreme Brahman, source of everything. Paramananda the supreme bliss. But I become perplexed and bewildered by Radha's love. This is that Atmamaya, that swarup Shakti that governs his activities. The essence of the swarup Shakti is Ladini Shakti. The essence of Ladini Shakti this is Radha. It is Krishna's Shakti personified, the, the embodiment of love, for Krishna, bewilders him. He's it means he's purchased by her. So this is a, this is a this is a theological problem. God has been subjugated. I mean, it's God, the source of everything. He's been subjugated. He's the enjoyer of everything. He's a connoisseur of love. But in gopis, he finds a standard of love that he's not acquainted with. He has to give himself. Chaitanya Mahabharata is the solution to this theological, ontological problem. It's a special appearance of Krishna himself. He can still be Krishna. (laughs) Krishna means... Krishna means the, the who, who's Rasa Raj, who is the supreme taster of love. But he sees the measure of the, of Gopi's love, and he, he says, said, "I have not have no experience. jutam. I I can't I have never seen such a standard of love. I'm completely purchased by that. This is a problem. I've got devotees everywhere who think that I'm uh, I I I am the supreme lover and." Um, this is the problem in the whole religious world. If Vaikuntha had found out about this, there would be a problem. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a spiritual problem, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "This is he's the solution to the problem." Krishna takes the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to taste the love of Radha. He is Antara Krishna, Parigraha. He, he is Krishna inside, but outside he appears like golden, like Radha. He's black in complexion, but he appears fair in complexion. It means he's adopted her emotions. Krishna has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to taste the, the love of Radha. means this, this is all taking place in Krishna Lila, Bhagavad Gita speaking. He's speaking here, if we refer then, at Kurukshetra on the battlefield. He's come to the battlefield from the pasture grounds. His home. He's now as a prince with a real position as a as a cowherd. There he tastes the love of gopis and gopas. In madness, he doesn't even know he's God, and they don't know. And in the, he he brings that leela to this world. Why? One of the reasons. Oh, because here's the human stage. It's like filming the Leela on location. It's human-like. God has fallen in love. Get an AP wire out. God has fallen in love. Send it out all over the wires. Humans are ones who fall in love. For love is a fallen condition. It comes to the human society to play out his love affair. God overpowered by love, pure love. Love is supreme. It's improvision. Hmm? <laughs> love supreme. The hmm? hmm? leela is, imp- is, is improvised as it goes. He, as he he does as he likes. As he it's uh, spontaneous, automatic. Nothing can be predicted there. Hmm? Oh, come to the material world, play it out. Hmm? But in the midst of playing that love out, this predicament arises. Measure of Gopi's love and Radha's love, in particular, is seen. Witnessed by him in the context of the Ras lila and Krishna's got a problem. He, he makes an encore appearance. There is some limitation to Krishna Leela in terms of Krishna being Rasaraj, the supreme enjoyer, the supreme lover, supreme taster of love. Defeated by Radha, another arrangement is made. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So if we take this verse to the fullest implication, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appearing here. And the implication is, if we take shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his of succession, we can understand Krishna. Like otherwise, it is not possible. Are there any questions? You mentioned uh, you're speaking about Maya. Is that different than yoga Same. Same. You, you defined dharma as um, right livelihood, and then you spoke of it as sruva bhakti. Um, in terms of dharma, sruva bhakti is right livelihood. Sruva <laughs> bhakti means right livelihood. Hmm? To to live on to live in dependence upon Krishna. This is Sharnagati, Gupta-fe-varanam-tathā. Krishna's my maintainer. This is the right livelihood. So in terms of some dharma being required for part of economic development... we are am interested in that. Hmm? Well, everybody... Tharnam-kaitava, Mahāprabhu, Krishna das Dasgavirāsa says. dharma artha kama moksha." I call this kaitava. I call this cheating. One day, see Krishna Chaitanya Nittananda Sahodito, Goladai Pushpabanto Chitra Sambhotamunadho. Go Nittay have come like the sun and the moon. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nittananda Prabhu, like the sun and the moon rising at the same time. it means a lot of light. Hmm? To dispel the darkness. Hmm? in a, In the cave of your heart. Hm. Where the desires for dharma, artha, kama, and moksha are, re- are residing. It means desire to be a religious person, desire to be, to get sense gratification, to get wealth, to get liberation. Kabiraj Goswami says, I call these things cheating. Kaitava. Hmm? Insincerity it means. I call these things insincerity. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come with Nityananda Prabhu to shed light on this, expose that. How, how petty, in other words. I call these things petty, he said. How petty these desires are, even though they are trumpeted in the scriptures <laughs> in so many places, and, and the virtu- their virtues are extolled. Hmm? I call them very petty. Try to understand who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he has come to give. In comparison to which these things are called, I call them petty and insignificant. And they're pursued insincere. Not truthful. Not an honest evaluation. Not right livelihood. This is uh, extraordinary. This turned the whole religious world upside down, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to do. This is madness. Hmm? Madness, actually. No wonder it's difficult to understand right livelihood means Sudha Bhakti Shuddha Bhakti means pure devotion we'll take the path of pure devotion embrace that pursue that go forward grihe tako vane tako sada hari bole dhako Householder, soldier sanyasi, doesn't matter always chant Krishna nam Householder can be Sharanagata too look at Sudama Brahman Suklamba Brahmachari are so many examples yes compared to um, what we would get through some complete surrender uh, get complete Krishna's love uh, we don't really have that much to give what we have to give is nothing compared to what we would get but why is that then so difficult to surrender it's not difficult <laughs> you just think it's difficult mm-hmm. that is ignorance because we, are, we have nothing <laughs> yes it's a family. we have nothing and if we think we have something it will be demonstrated very clearly to us that we don't at any moment I mean can you say you have something if at any moment it will be taken away what madman will say that if what you have at any moment will be taken away who will say I have something to stand on here I have some, something I can count on only crazy person, that is our position, if we have nothing. Mm-hmm. Give yourself. Why is it hard? Because of ignorance. It will become easy if we keep good company, if we keep hearing these things, it will become easy. You'll be cornered from all sides. You'll think, I cannot remain a hypocrite my whole life, I know all these things, I've heard all these things. I've heard them coming out of my own mouth now, telling other person, I can't.'" <laughs> To be an honest person. Otherwise, maybe a little difficult, but valuable things don't come cheaply. I mean, we are like swimming across the river with a bag of gold. (laughs) You want to get to the other side, you've got to let go of the gold. What's valuable? Yeah, gold. It's gold. I mean, this is gold. On the other side, it really worked, <laughs> but you left that side, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the gold wasn't enough. Can't take it with you. It has, it has no purchasing power there. Can't buy any real estate there. On the other side, with that gold, it's fool's gold only. Has no value whatsoever. Nothing. Zero. Kirsten says, "I want you. You are valuable." Not all the things that you're trying to add on to yourself to give yourself some imagined meaning. Try to understand how beautiful you are. I love you. Come to me. And everybody else loves you because you added this on and that on and so many other things. Chris says, I don't want any add-ons. You. I love you. Come to me. Now. How can you resist it? You tell me. Another question. I have a question. Somebody wrote and said that uh, the Hare Krishnas are an, uh, an anomaly in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and Gaudiya Vaishnavism is an anomaly in Vaishnavism. So I thought, well, this sounds like an insult. So I, look up <laughs> <anomalies. Anomaly. laughs> I looked up anomaly. anomaly because I, wrote. I didn't have it. It said an oddity, an oddity or, or a deviation. Okay, so I thought, okay, well, that still sounds like an insult, but I mean, it could be accommodated in the sense that the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings are, you know, they're they're a deviation. They're, they're <laughs> a deviation from your Brahmanism, Hinduism, or whatever else. Also, but how would you answer that that uh, point? <laughs> well, of course, that's that's his particular uh, interpretation. Hmm. What's what's uh, what. How Gaudiya Vaishnavism is an anomaly within within Vaishnavism. That um, uh, that would be someone speaking. I would imagine on the basis of a particular interpretation of the scripture. Right. So, we have another interpretation of the scripture. Now, you 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 answer this question in that particular person's interpretation of the scripture. It's licensed to have some interpretation within certain parameters you can't just make it up as you go along and say I think it means this and I think it means that but there is a standard way of understanding scripture and there there are different angles of vision on what it's saying as Krishna is saying here and there are different <coughs> paths different approaches to me so that's fine you have a license to have a different interpretation mm-hmm. in which for example you may see as not I am as supreme in which you may see Krishna. As an avatar of Narayan, we see Narayan as an avatar of Krishna. So, according to your interpretation, for example, to use an example. You may you may say, well, this is a deviation. Hmm? You see Narayan and as, a, as an avatar of Krishna. I call that an anomaly within Vaishnavism. Narayan is supreme. This is how I understand the scripture. Hmm? We say as as we say. That's not a problem for us. If you see Narayan as supreme, we also Krishna also worships Narayan. That's also true. And in Vrindavan, everyone thinks Narayan is supreme. Even Krishna himself, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worships Narayan, Shaligram, and so forth. We can accommodate all these things. See how broad Gaudiya Vaishnavism is. But the problem comes when your particular interpretation of scripture says that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is a deviation. When Gaudiya Vaishnavism is based on the ecstasy and love of God embodied in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the likes of which we cannot find any saint in any tradition that can be compared. You can look and see, this is an objective statement. So, sir, what is your tradition? If it is Ramanuja Sampradaya, Madhva Sampradaya, this one, there are many saints. They showed a standard of love of God, detachment from the world, attachment to, to bhakti. What, to what degree? To what standard? Hmm? You take them and measure them before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What our Goswamis have done, our Acharyas, have taken that ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and understood it and explained it in terms of the scripture. But if that love of God, No Vaishnava will say love of Krishna is a deviation. No Vaishnava. If you can find a standard of loving Krishna that's greater than it was exhibited by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you you, you please tell us. You cannot. This is objective. We are following that person. How is that a deviation in Vaishnavism, an anomaly within Vaishnavism? You take just the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's the founder of our whole sect. Hmm? Now we say things about him that you think as an anomaly. We say he's Krishna. As a devotee of Krishna. We have taken we have gone we have um, taken the trouble for your satisfaction people like you to explain it from scripture. But we don't really have to. Hmm? We're satisfied with it. There's no one, no his standard of loving Krishna is, is so extraordinary. If you want to just take him as a devotee, then you should follow him. Those who are following him, if they've reached the conclusion that he is Krishna also, well, that's a result of following him and pursuing that kind of love. Therefore, that must have some value. Objectively speaking, if the Godi who have concluded Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna and therefore concluded Radha must be there... Balaram must be there, this one, that one. Because they know Krishna. And they point out this one is Balaram, this one is Balaram. All these things. Hmm? So that is one thing. Hmm? That that's the first part, right? Right. Then uh, that's actually the second part. The first part is very uh-huh. Krishna's are an uh, anomaly. Well they did go to Right. Something. That means, yes, that um, we are disturbing. If we are Hare Krishnas, I don't know if we are, but
1: <laughs> we may be something else even. <laughs> but
0: but um, so, what do they mean by Hare Krishnas anyway? So, if you say, let's say, let's say the uh, the the um, the current of Bhakti Vinod hmm, in the world, okay? The current of Bhakti Vinod. This is how Bhaktisiddhanta saraswati Thakur referred to it. The considered his movement. Movement of Bhakti Vinod. If you consider the current of Bhakti Vinod, which has brought Krishna Bhakti all over the world to be a disturbance to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you've got a problem. Hmm? <laughs> that would be the beginning of my, my answer. That is your problem if you think there are things that are said in the current of bhakti binode that are different from the tradition before him and therefore that whole current is a is a deviation and an anomaly then you please point out where and we will give our reply that is one thing we can go that kind of point for point secondly we say now uh, where do you want to begin this? Because sometimes they say Prabhupada is the, is, is the anomaly. Sometimes they say "Bhakti oh, Bhaktisiddhanta, his guru, is the anomaly. That used to be, some people would say that. That used to be for quite some time. Now, since that time, we've pointed out to them that actually Bhakti Vinod, the thing that Bhaktisiddhanta, Saswati Thakur is saying, they are said by Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? He is the real follower of Bhakti Vinod. Now, we have shown that enough that now people are saying, yes, Bhaktivinoda, he's a deviant. Same people who were glorifying him before. Hmm? You follow? That's how nicely we've done our work. Hmm? (laughs) We we are taking back Bhaktivinoda. We take him. He's on our way. Okay, so fine. So then you want to distance yourself from Bhaktivinoda. All right, fine. Then then what about Gokishwar Das Babaji? Gokhishore Babaji Marsh, he gave Babaji Besh, means the esoteric highest initiation, to Bhaktivinoda. Bhakti now, you've distanced yourself from Bhaktivinoda. After Bhaktivinoda wrote all his books, hmm? preached widely, and his, and his own son, is and, and successor, was initiating. Gokhishore gave him. The, the Baba Jivesh. And what did Bhagavad to do after that? He locked himself up in a room for four years in ecstasy. This little Prashad was being put under the door. He was—he completely became oblivious to the external world, even preaching. And, hmm? This is the person that you want to reject. If Gorky Shore gave initiation to and obviously didn't reject, hmm? And you could say, well, Gokasho was illiterate because he, he, he couldn't read Bhaktivinoda's books. <laughs> okay. okay? Then we go to Jagannathas Babaji. Hmm? What was the relationship between Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Jagannathas Babaji next up on the ladder? Hmm? Jagannathas Babaji got, uh, it was a Siksha guru of Bhaktivinoda. So he got the Siksha teachings from Jagannathas Babaji. So now you, have, then those what he wrote down. And he was not illiterate. Hmm. He also confirmed the vision of Bhaktivinoda, finding the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Our group, we found, we, we excavated the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance that was lost to the world. Did you call that an anomaly to go to your Vaishnavism? You don't find that to be a contribution to the Sampradaya? You say, well, everybody doesn't accept that. Well, Jagannath Das you did. Now you have to reject him too? So where do you want to stop with this? Hmm? We reject you. <laughs> <laughs> you are an anomaly <laughs> to go to your Vaishnavism. You are sitting only moving your beads, talking Rasa this and Rasa that, Radha, Krishna, meanwhile. You're getting energy from our movement. Hmm? <laughs> the deviants from our movement are giving you energy. <laughs> hmm? Supplying you bodies and a platform to speak. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? You, you, this is it you're speaking? You're rejecting Bhaktivinam? Who says... Uh, the, the, the gurus of these people who say these will not say that, in most cases. That is my opinion. So, people like to make... Uh, people like to think their group is best, and it is a symptom of the mode passion mm-hmm, that one... Uh, thinks his own position is improved by criticizing others. You should should ask such people, are you spending your time wisely? We are hearing and chanting about Krishna, just like tonight. Is it wise for you to spend your time so focused on our deviation? You hear and chant about Krishna. That's the teaching. The teaching is not... You have not been given the charge of Rupa Goswami to go and critique everywhere. Hmm? Establish what is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That was given to Rupa Goswami, not you. The the teaching to you is you should hear and chant about Krishna. Do that. What is the symptom that you're actually doing that? Your heart becomes soft. And you cannot criticize anybody. We only criticize you in this way. Don't criticize. (laughs) Chant Hare Krishna. That is the teaching. All right. So let's chant Hare Krishna.